Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week we're going to be recapping the 2010 movie Night and Day starring Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. Dude, I am shocked that 80 plus episodes into this podcast, we have never done a Tom Cruise or Cameron Diaz. See, I like Cameron Diaz. Mm -hmm. I like Tom Cruise less. Do you know what? This is what kind of sucks about media in our day and age is that we know too much about the people in our movies. I'd like to know less, to be honest. I would love to know less. I would love to not know about Tom Cruise and his association with Scientology and all the creepy things he's done. I would love to not know that because you know what? I love Tom Cruise movies. Honestly, I thought he like stopped acting because I thought he was like done with acting before 2010. He was in the new Top Gun movie, dude. But let me tell you, they used buckets and buckets of hemorrhoid cream because his face was like tight as hell. (laughs) Listen, like if that works, give me the butthole cream. Yeah, I mean, it's a small price to pay. As long as it doesn't smell like butthole, I feel like it's probably not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. If I ever see Tom Cruise, I'm going to try to sniff his face and see what he smells like. Well, honestly, like he also has that money, honey. So Mm -hmm. maybe it's not butthole cream. Maybe it's like Botox or like a facelift. I don't know. He doesn't look a day over like 35. Yeah. Which is really alarming because he's like 50. So this movie is going to sound like epic and maybe at times like a little scary with lots of murder. But I want you guys to remember that Uh it's all done in a silly, goofy mood. Like this is a comedy. So the movie does not take itself too seriously. It it does not at all. Also, it feels kind of like a fever dream, you know? It does. Yeah. You're, you don't know what's going on and you're just happy to be here. Like it's-, <laughs> it's just an honor to be nominated, you know? <laughs> yeah. So Cameron Diaz plays this girl named June and June is not like other girls. She's a cool girl. Yeah. She actually owns an automotive garage where she repairs older cars. Mm-hmm. So she gets greasy in there, you know? She like wipes mm-hmm. away her blonde strands of hair. Like... Are you kidding me? Someone who looks at Cameron Diaz working at an auto garage? Uh, you know what? Like, maybe. You know, I think it's just one of those things where we're like, oh, no, a pretty blonde receptionist. The patriarchy has us bamboozled again. Uh, uh, I apologize. Deepest apologies. I have been indoctrinated. It's, it's OK. We're <laughs> fighting it. We're fighting it. That's all that matters. She is, yeah, she owns an automotive garage. She repairs old cars and she is on her way home from getting Mm -hmm. parts to repair these and restore these old vehicles. She's on her way home and she has to get there really quickly because she has a fitting for her sister's wedding. We cut to the airport and we see Tom Cruise's character. His name is Roy Miller and he's kind of trolling the airport and watching people and just looking hella suspicious. He is. He's looking hella suspicious. And first of all, he is a middle-aged white guy. So like automatically sus. Super sus. Um, Up to no good. Jail. What it looks like he's doing is he is scouting for for a passenger. It almost looks like he's mm -hmm. looking for a victim almost. Giving a little bit of serial killer vibes. Definitely some serial killer vibes. So Roy seems to orchestrate this little meet cute with June. And he just bumps right into her. Mm Mm-hmm. It seems like he takes the opportunity to lift up her suitcase. And no, I'm too paranoid. I don't want a stranger ever touching my suitcase at an airport because I feel like they're putting meth inside of it. Like, don't touch my suitcase. Yeah, I'm not getting arrested today. Right. Not today. Jail. I don't like wearing backpacks in public. 
You feel like someone's behind you, like unsipping it and stealing your granola bar. Yeah. Or like someone's slipping stuff in it. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like I feel like it just leaves you open to having your shit stolen. It's very obvious he orchestrates this little bump in with her, but she looks taken with him because, hello, he's Tom Cruise. And objectively, Tom Cruise is really handsome. He is very classically handsome. By the way, Tom Cruise is 5'7", Cameron Diaz is 5'9", and they do hella magic on the movies that he's on to make him look taller than his female leads. They literally, they built like sloped areas. They have him with like padded shoes, whatever. And I'm thinking Mm -hmm. like, just show him being shorter. Like it doesn't make him any less hot. Yeah, absolutely not. June is hauling around this little suitcase and it's rattling because it's filled with car parts, which I would be paranoid to take to an airport. Yeah, like it's going to look like an IED. Right, right. And they are suspicious because they open it up and they start pulling out these giant pipes and she's telling them what each thing is. She gets through security and she gets to her gate. Then she has another run in with Roy. You would think this woman, after bumping into someone the first time, would learn to just face in the direction that she's walking. Because for some reason, she's walking in one direction and looking in the other direction. Like, of course, you're going to trip over stuff. Honestly, bumping into someone once is embarrassing enough. If I were to bump into the same person and drop all my shit in front of them twice. You have to make an appointment with your doctor at that point. Like something is wrong. I would have to leave the country. Courtney, (laughs) it's not that serious. (laughs) You know what? Her and Roy get in line to scan their tickets to board the plane. And then the flight attendant tells her, I'm sorry, this flight is booked. You can't get on. Well, Roy is able to get on the flight and he turns to her and he says, don't worry, everything happens for a reason. Honestly, at that point, if I were her, I would be glad I wasn't allowed on that plane because after I just bumped into the suit twice, (laughs) dropped all my shit, the possibility of me having to sit next to him is just too high. You're really embarrassed about this double meet cute thing. I'm really embarrassed. I don't like it. Wow. I don't like it. We found your limit. Um, embarrassing myself in front of somebody twice and then getting on a plane with them. Yes, that is my limit. Yeah. Well, we get a shot of what looks like, I don't know, some sort of agency in a car and they're reviewing footage from the airport, which Mm -hmm. shows Roy bumping into June. And they're like, oh, who is she? We got to find out who she is. What does she have? And Mm -hmm. whoever these guys are, they somehow managed to get June on the plane. The plane is almost empty. There's like maybe six people on this entire plane. Yeah, she gets on the plane and she's like full flight. It's like they don't even want to make money. There's a lot of red flags happening that June is just not catching on. June sits down right across the aisle from Roy. They take off. She orders herself a drink. Her and Roy are kind of talking. She starts talking his ear off. What is it about planes that make people have to confess everything to the nearest person? The looming fear of possible impending death. Mm, Okay. No, people are like, nope, got to purge the soul. For someone like me that really loves getting all the tea, especially from strangers that I'm never going to see again, I think next time I'm on a plane, I'm going to turn to the nearest stranger and just say, is there anything you want to get off your chest? just in case we go down and then they're going to call somebody and I'm going to get escorted off the plane (laughs) and like zip ties. Not if you're already in the air. They land, dude. If you act suspicious on a plane, they will legit land the plane. I'm brown. I can't get away with the shit you can get away with. Honestly, like I could probably get away with being a serial killer. Mm -hmm. Like five foot two paralegal mother of five. 
You could be the witness to like every single crime and they still wouldn't put the pieces together. It's like one of those things where they're like, nah, not her. Not her. Not her. <laughs> um, sir, her cell phone pinged. Well, she's probably picking up one of her kids from soccer at 2 a.m. June is nervous on this flight. She obviously doesn't like flying. And then they hit like a rough patch of turbulence. The overhead compartment bin opens up. Her luggage tumbles out and nearly crushes her. Tom Cruise is like a ninja. He jumps up and snatches that shit out of thin air. There's just something about a man with quick reflexes that is just kind of hot, you know? Mm hmm. Like he can catch a knife. He can catch a knife. He can like you accidentally swipe your cup of coffee off the table. but They catch it. Not even a drop spills. Like that's hot. June was already really feeling Roy. And then he saved her from getting her face smashed by her own suitcase. And now it's just, she's done. She's done. That is, <laughs> that's all she needed. She's really feeling it now. Well, her drink spills on her in this whole bumpy turbulence. So she heads to the bathroom to clean up. And she's in there. She's giving herself a pep talk. She's like, all right, girl, this is not your first rodeo. Like, he's a cute guy. You're you're a bubbling mess. You need to get it together. Have you ever given yourself a pep talk in the mirror? Yeah. You have? Mostly it's just like, you are a bad bitch. Like, <laughs> you're going to let men talk to you that way? Aww. Absolutely not. Maybe that's what I'm doing wrong. Maybe I need to give myself pep talks in the mirror. And I think what I would say is you are perfectly adequate and average. So go out no. there. <laughs> Carry the audacity of a mediocre white man. So unbeknownst to June, while she's in there giving herself a pep talk, uh, there's there's a lot of action happening out in the plane. The other six passengers in the plane, at this point, we're not really sure what they are, but mm -hmm. there's something. They're assassins, feds, gang members, you know, mafia. Like, there's something. But they just start going after Roy. Do you think there's a Venn diagram of all of the things you just listed and then they meet and then it's like the ultimate dude, Tom Cruise. It's like right in the middle. <laughs> Absolutely. If, if not, we should make one. Well, this epic fight breaks out. You know, those movie fights where it's all like the choreographed punching and hitting. And I mean, he's actually killing these dudes. He's like snapping necks and stabbing. And yet there's not a drop of blood. The stewardess comes up. Roy's trying to calm her down. He's like, ma'am, everything's going to be okay. Then she's like, oh, I know. And then she starts like attacking him. Right. Because she's uh, also agent slash whatever. Um, whatever they are. Yeah. Well, it seems like every single person on this plane is a bad guy because even the pilot has a gun and Roy has to like get this gun away from him and shoot him. As Roy was fighting with these guys, he's asking them, why did they put her on the plane? Why did they put her on the plane? Because it's clear to Roy, this flight was bought out by whatever agency is attacking him. Uh -huh. And they wanted June on the plane for some reason. He doesn't know why. No one's giving him answers. He, he's also murdering them. So I feel like it's hard to communicate with someone when you are actively murdering them. And then our sweet little June comes out of the bathroom. There's no evidence of the crazy fight that just happened because Roy managed to kind of shove all the bodies back into the seats. So they all look like they're just sleeping. She, she, you know, she's feeling fresh from that pep talk. She just kisses him. She kisses him. She grabs his face and kisses him. And he, I think, comes to the realization that no one is flying this plane right now. Then he starts to kind of very calmly break down to her what's going on. Yeah, he says, OK, listen, don't panic. 
uh, I contained the situation, but we lost the pilots. And she's like, where did they go? (laughs) And he's like, I shot them. She starts laughing because she thinks he's kidding. She's hysterically laughing. And he's like, I'm glad you're taking this so well. Like he expected like (laughs) hysterics. And he's like, oh, this is so much better. Yeah. So he goes to the cockpit to go fly the plane. He just starts rapidly descending. And then a whole bunch of bodies just slide out of seats in the background. This is where June realizes like, oh, okay, no, he wasn't kidding. He killed everyone on the plane. Do you know, it's it's interesting because I feel like as we're recapping this, it, it sounds like a darker movie than it is. Like you had to be there. Like it's all fun. <laughs> yeah, it's all fun and games. Like this is all very lighthearted mass murder. <laughs> it's like the music and the lighting in a movie just completely shifts the tone because under any other circumstances, this is a horror movie. Honestly, they might as well be playing like the Andy Griffith show's theme song in the background. Yeah. Because it's all just so fun. Everyone's just in a silly, goofy mood. Yes, everyone is in a silly, goofy mood. Tom Cruise's character is never in a hurry. He's just cool as a cucumber. June stumbles her way into the cockpit, sees both dead pilots, and she's like, are we going, are you landing this at the airport? He's like, oh no, they'll be waiting for us there. He lands in a field. June and Roy stumble out of the plane, the only two survivors. He gives her a shot of alcohol because she's freaking out. And he says, there are people that are going to come for you. And these Mm -hmm. people are going to ask you about me. And you need to tell them that you don't know me. He says, you have to look out for words, reassuring words like stabilize, secure, safe. And if Mm -hmm. they say that a lot, it means they're going to kill you. So they're going to be federal agents or dressed as federal agents. They're going to tell you that they're that you're safe with them. They're going to take you somewhere. Don't get in that car. Don't go with them. Mm -hmm. If you get in the car, you're already dead. The shot of alcohol he gave her must have had something in it because she's losing Uh consciousness. She's like, did you drug me? He's like, yes. It's easier to transport an unconscious person than an unwilling person. The crazy thing is that June passes out and when she wakes up, she is in her bed. She's home. She's in pajamas too. Courtney, not just that. When she woke up, there was pain meds and a glass of water next to the bed with a note. There was another note that said you should eat your breakfast. And then there's an omelet on the stove. Like this man, I know he just killed six people, but he's a lot of green flags. Listen, he got her home safely. He tucked her in. He laid out pills for her. He made her breakfast. Yeah. Listen, like I know he's a murderer, but I'm kind of into it. I, I think right now in her brain, she's like, was that a dream? Did I dream this all up? Was I on drugs? Right. But there's notes all over her apartment. So it's like she mm-hmm. she knows he was there and he made her the omelet. So it's like unless that would have been some crazy ass drugs that would make you make yourself breakfast that's warm and waiting for you when you wake up. Listen, I'm just saying that drunk Courtney has always taken off her makeup, drank some electrolytes and took some ibuprofen and multivitamins before bed for sober Courtney. Wow, that's really sweet of drunk Courtney. Drunk Courtney's really responsible. I don't know how June just manages to go about her normal day, maybe because her sister's waiting for her for the bridal fitting. So she goes about her normal day and she rushes to her sister's bridal fitting. Absolutely not. No. What are what kind of antidepressants are you taking that you're able to function that normally after that trauma? Dude, I'm like exhausted after a grocery store trip. Like I can't imagine having all of that craziness and being like, okay, now I'm going to a social engagement. Like, I'm sick that day. I'm calling in sick. She does. She goes to the dress fitting. 
while she's there in her bridesmaid dress, somebody comes in and says, hey, whose blue truck is this? It's getting ready to get towed. June grabs her purse. And the second she steps out of the building, she's surrounded on all sides by, I'm assuming, federal agents because they're all dressed in like, you know, the, mm-hmm. the sports jackets and the dark glasses. Like, I don't know if this is FBI or CIA. I think it's CIA. They have like a very distinct style. The feds really don't try to blend. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Because they're not dressed like men that have money that are heading to work. They're dressed like men that have guns under their sports jacket. There's just randomly eight men in navy blue suits with navy blue ties just casually on a street in San Francisco. Absolutely not. Not on San Francisco. They tell her that they are with the government and they they need to talk to her. They ask her to get in the car. Mm -hmm. So what was the first thing that Roy told her not to do? Don't get in the car, bitch. Don't get in the car. But of course, she gets in the car. On the car ride, they're asking her about Roy. And she's like, I don't know him. So they show her video footage of when she was at the airport. She's like, okay, well, like we bumped into each other, but like, I don't know him. Then they're like, don't worry, ma'am. You're safe with us. We're taking you to a secure location. Until the situation stabilized. So these are all the words that Roy told her to worry about. So as this is kind of clicking for her that she might be in danger, the driver of the car gets shot and killed. And then the passenger gets shot and killed. Right. And so the the car is just zigzagging fucking everywhere. Because the driver still had his foot on the gas. And so June rushes up and tries to grab the steering wheel. She's trying to steer this car that's going super Mm -hmm. fast through the highway. She's zigzagging around. Roy hops onto the windshield and he's like, hey, June, beautiful dress. First of all, he's blocking her view so she can't see Uh to steer. But he's also like so excited to see her. He's like, hey, June, how are you? You're doing great. This is amazing. (laughs) He's giving her a pep talk. And he's like, "Okay, June, I need you to open the door. You need to open the door. Open the door, June. And she's just screaming. She doesn't know what the heck is going on. She's surrounded by dead guys again for the second time in two days. The agents in the other cars are trying to shoot Roy. June is trying to gain control of this car. Isn't there like an e-brake that she could have pulled? Like an emergency brake? But yeah, but if you stop a car that's going that fast, it's going to start tumbling. Like the force of the speed is going to make it. Oh, yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Just put that in your back pocket for the next high-speed chase. Um, Eventually, June does open the door. Roy is able to get into the car and drive. But what kept occurring Mm -hmm. to me is like, where do movie directors get this scene from? Because we see see this scene a lot of these car chases that have huge Mm -hmm. gunfights and all these casualties. That's never happened in real life. Like no agency, no government agency ever has this mass casualty event on a highway. Oh, no. Government agencies are not about to like rack up that many casualties because somebody has to go back to an office and explain this to a boss. So obviously Roy is driving now, but he's being chased and he Mm -hmm. stops the car. Him and June take shelter behind the car that's just being riddled with bullets. He's like, wait here. June does the first smart thing that she's ever done and she runs off with a gun in her hand. (laughs) She takes off running. She dumps the gun into a mailbox. Yes. She gets on a city bus and she's like, oh, thank God. And then Roy jumps on like the top of the bus and then Mm -hmm. gets on it and is like, hey, June, there you are. I told you to wait by the car. Yeah. What are you doing, you silly goose? That's the exact attitude he has. It's like, hey, silly Billy. I thought you were waiting by the car. First of all, she's bleeding. He's bleeding. They look like they just got like ran over by a car. 
Well, she still she manages to run out of the bus right as it's leaving and she runs to the fire station where her ex-boyfriend works. Her ex-boyfriend takes her out to eat pie, which I think is a very sensible thing to do in in a moment of crisis. Mm -hmm. You got to eat pie. Has anybody ever studied if pie actually fixes anything? A hundred percent guarantee you it doesn't make it worse. That's fair. Pie doesn't make things worse. It does not. June is trying to explain to her ex-boyfriend who's munching on some apple pie basically everything that happened. She tells him how she got on this plane Mm -hmm. and this guy killed everyone on the plane and landed it and everything that's happened. She's trying to explain to him. He's Mm -hmm. staring through her. He's not even really absorbing what she's saying. And he's like, I understand, June. You've been through a lot. Your little sister's getting married, June. I get it. You're freaking out. So here's the thing, Courtney. A lot of times when crazy things like this are happening in movies, I always wonder, like, why don't they go to someone? Why don't they ask for help? And realistically, this is probably what's going to happen. If something really crazy is going on, no one's going to believe you. Could you imagine going to your husband right now and telling him this story? He would look at you straight in the face and be like, it's okay. I understand. But I'm going to call your mom to come get the kids. (laughs) And then we're going to go get you some help. Roy walks into this little restaurant and he walks right over to her. And June is like trying to tell her ex, like, this is him. This is him. This is the guy. This is the guy. Roy takes things to the next level. He pulls out his gun. He grabs June and very loudly announces that he is taking this woman. Yeah. He's like, she is a hostage. If you come near me, I'll kill myself and then I'll kill her. At one point, he kicks the waiter in the chest because the waiter was carrying dishes and they clanked mm-hmm. and he thought the waiter was trying to make a move. So he kicks him in the chest and then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you were I thought you were making a move. I'm so sorry. Yeah. My bad, bro. My bad. It's just a regular day at work and you get kicked in the chest because somebody thought you were making a move. If I worked at a diner and I was getting paid two thirteen an hour plus tips... If you think I'm going to make a move when somebody has a gun out, you are out of your fucking mind. I'm going to panic moonwalk right into the back of that kitchen and right out the back door. I would be boxing up some pies for the guy to take (laughs) on his way out. You look like someone who's going to need a snack after kidnapping this woman. Like, here's a pie. I made you some chicken tendies and fries. (laughs) Or you know what? I can get you some onion rings or tots if you would prefer. It's on the house. Um, (laughs) It's on the house. Roy drags June out of there, puts her in a car. He's like, you're welcome. I just made you no longer a suspect. They just saw me take you hostage. They no longer think we're in cahoots. And she's like, you know what? You are crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, I think those other guys that you say are the bad guys. Maybe they really were going to keep me safe. This seems to really offend Roy. Yeah, he comes to a screeching halt, pulls over, lets her out of the car. He's like, all right, I have somewhere to be. And every minute I spend chasing you is a minute where I'm not getting to somebody that needs me. So if you want to go, fucking go. And she's like, you know what? If he was going to hurt me, he wouldn't be letting me go. So maybe he is cool. She's like, green flag, I'll take it. And she decides to stay with him. Mm-hmm. Now they're in the car and June is there willingly. And this is where Roy explains to her what's going on. He gives her this little toy night and inside of it, it's a high output battery that never runs out. It's cold named Zephyr. This is the first perpetual energy source since the sun. He had a partner named Fitz. Fitz set up Roy to make it look like he was trying to do shady shit with the battery. 
Fitz and Roy were assigned to protect the kid who created this battery. The kid was mm-hmm. in a secure facility. But then Roy found out that Fitz wanted to sell the battery and have the boy killed. And so Roy helped the boy escape. And now the entire agency is going after him. He doesn't say at this point what agency he's running from. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, there are so many, you know, there's like the FBI, the CIA, the DEA, Interpol, Interpol, Homeland Security, Secret Service. Like there's a lot of Mm -hmm. it's a lot of agencies. There's a lot of guys that wear sports jackets and guns, you know? Yeah. Sunglasses, sunglasses, earpieces. Is it the IRS? Like, (laughs) could you imagine if the IRS came at you this hard? Yo, the IRS, they're the biggest gangsters, okay? They like just roll up on you and they're like $30,000 by Friday or you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, I don't have that money. And they're like, okay, well, guess what? We're going to take your house and your wife. (laughs) The IRS don't play. You just come home from work one day and they're sitting on your couch, (laughs) drinking your beer, (laughs) wearing your clothes. Yes. Friday or else I'm going to fuck your wife. (laughs) Like... Okay, so after Roy tells June what's really going on, she's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I believe you. What's the plan now? And he's like, the plan is we need to go get Simon. Simon is the kid who made the Zephyr. Roy and June go into this like industrial facility Mm -hmm. where Simon is supposed to be. But Simon's nowhere in sight. He was supposed to be inside of the storage container, which is completely white. I mean, very aesthetic, Mm -hmm. very Pinterest. There are numbers and formulas and crap written all over the walls. And Roy pays attention to them because he seems to think that there might be a message there because he knows Mm -hmm. that when he didn't get back in time, Simon got scared and left. Save Simon is not going well. June is out there playing with a gun, like pretending to shoot people like, ha, poo, gotcha. Pow, 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 pow. And what she doesn't realize is that behind her, there's actual bad guys propelling from the ceiling. They always propel from the ceiling like spiders. Oh. Imagine if the strings actually came from their butt. You know you're a criminal when string propels from your butt. Shots start flying between Roy and these ceiling men. And (laughs) while everything's going on around her, Roy just pops up behind her. June, in her panic, almost shoots Roy in the face. He cannot go up against all of these guys that are propelling from the ceiling and shooting them and deal with June losing her shit shooting at random around them. So he does the only reasonable thing and he drugs her. He hands her this little vial and he's like, yeah, it's a good energy shot. She's like, yes, yes, I need that. Thank you. She proceeds to pass out. So these bad guys that were attacking them in the warehouse, they were not the agency that was after them in the beginning of the movie. Uh Uh-huh. They are mafia. They are Spanish arm dealers. Is that mafia? It's mafia adjacent. It's like the mafia's Costco representative. Agree. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) June loses consciousness, everything fades to black, and then the next Mm -hmm. time she's struggling to regain consciousness, she is in some darkened room, and Roy is tied up, hanging upside down. It's not looking good. It's not. All we see is just Roy swinging back and forth, and he's saying, hey, June, I know this doesn't look good, but it's going to be okay. Honestly, Roy has only really lost his cool that once when she said that she didn't feel safe with him. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, he's like, hey, June, everything's fine. 
Doesn't matter what situation Roy is in, whether he's being kidnapped by the Spanish weapons Costco, he is still like, Mm -hmm. he's very positive. He's like, everything's going to be okay. And then she blacks out again. And then she wakes up again. And she's in a cargo plane. And Roy's telling her like, all right, let's do this. And he's <laughs> he's skydiving with her attached to him, her unconscious body. And the next time she regains consciousness, they're on a speedboat and then she passes out again. In a way, this is kind of a montage, but it's like an unconscious person montage. Like when you get really drunk and you're trying to like string your night together, you just have these little flashes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like... Some dude was hanging from the ceiling and then we were jumping out of a plane yes. and then we we got on a boat and then we ended up at a desert island. Yes. Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know where my car is. The next time June regains consciousness, she mm-hmm. is waking up for good and she looks like she's had the sleep of her life. She is like super relaxed, like stretches. Mm-hmm. She's on a beach. Yeah, she's like in this little like cabana hut thing. Mm-hmm. She sees Roy walking out of the ocean holding a fish, bare chested. Like this is normal. Like they're camping. He's like, oh, it's my island. Completely off grid. He says, no one can find us here. This is my safe space. June is really pissed that he drugged her. She's like, what am I wearing? And he's like, it's a bikini, June. And she's like, how did I get in the bikini? He said, I've been trained to disable a bomb in the dark with nothing but a safety pin and a junior mint. I can get you in a bikini without looking. Not saying that's what I did. But I'm like, wait a minute. Safety pin? Okay. Safety pins are very versatile. Junior mint? Junior mint? Maybe the junior mint was just a little snacky snack for him, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. To keep his blood sugar up. She decides, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going home. This is a tiny island. June takes maybe 20 steps in another direction and she hits water again. And then her cell phone starts ringing. His off-grid safe space just became an on-grid not safe space. Yeah, it's like the little Snapchat map where it's like, oh, there's June. (laughs) She just fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. We get a shot of the different entities that are tracking them immediately hone in on their location. It only takes a few minutes before the bad guys, who apparently business is really good for armed dealers. Is that a drone or a fighter jet? Parkinas lost dose. Parkinas lost dose. It's a drone slash fighter jet. Just comes out of nowhere and starts like bombing the island. And I just have to say, they're after the battery and they're bombing them. I think... They are under the impression that Roy does not have the battery. Roy is really confused how his secret safe space was discovered. And I don't know, to me, it's such a glaring overlook for him to not think of the fact that she might have her cell phone. He took her clothes off. Why didn't he ditch her phone too? Like it was unnecessary to undress her, but... (laughs) You guys are underrun from like deadly entities. You Uh didn't need to put her in a red bikini. Like I understand, but you didn't need to do that. (laughs) Yeah, maybe you should have, you know, searched her belongings for trackers. Luckily, like any good spy, Roy has an old helicopter he stows away in the island. Of course. He has to knock June out. He just does that karate thing where you pinch someone's neck and they just go limp. And she's like, you're grabbing my neck really hard. And he's like, yeah, you told me not to drug you anymore. So this is where I started questioning how the heck Roy is transporting this unconscious blonde girl around because he's been doing it since the beginning of the movie. Is Uh he just walking around with Cameron Diaz slung over his shoulder? Maybe it's like a Weekend in Bernie's thing where he just like puts her in a wheelchair. Oh, that's not a bad idea. I have not seen a wheelchair around, but that's not a bad idea. 
June wakes up again on a train somewhere in the Alps in Austria, wearing a completely different outfit. So he's on the run, but he somehow always has clothes handy and like clothes that fit her. Again, we're just going to let that let that slide on past us. Do you think he's stopping by Ross Dress for Less on the way to the airport with Cameron Diaz just kind of hanging limply over his shoulder? 100%. That is totally what's happening. And you could, if there's a store you could get away with doing that at, is Ross Dress for Less. Ross doesn't ask any questions. Mm-mm. They're like, hey, fam, what up? Because <laughs> they expect you not to ask any questions when one of your pant legs is longer than the others. Exactly. It's mutual respect. Anyways. June wanders over to the dining cart because she's starving. It feels like she hasn't eaten in days. Basically, what happens on this train is that June, she's not the person you would want if you're on the run from shady Mm -hmm. entities because she immediately spills to us. The first stranger that talks to her, she confuses him with Simon and this guy is not Simon. So this guy no. ends up chasing her to the end of the train. There's this huge fight that ensues. Roy has to come and save June. And this guy's like an assassin. So he's he's that guy in the scary movie that like won't die. He gets hit over the head. He gets like choked, stabbed. This guy finally gets thrown off the train into another train. Under another train. (laughs) Yeah. He didn't get thrown under the bus. He got thrown under the train. If you have to pick, I would say probably pick the bus because the train, you're not going to survive that. I feel like one's dying quickly and one is dying slowly. That's a good point. After they throw him under another train, we're assuming he dead dead. Yeah. So after this crazy train assassin adventure... Mm -hmm. They go to a hotel. They get all checked in. I don't recall anyone saying why they are there. And I also don't see June asking questions because Roy has her up in a very fancy hotel room that has a balcony Mm -hmm. overlooking whatever city they're in, in Austria. Mm -hmm. And she's wearing a silk robe and she's (laughs) she's ordering room service like this girl has zero Mm -hmm. follow up questions. She's like, I am good. You know, she's living her best life right now. She asked Roy, she's like, hey, do you want to have dinner with me tonight? Mm -hmm. At nine o'clock. Who eats dinner at nine o'clock? Girl. I'd be starving. Yeah, I would be so hungry. That nine o'clock is second dinner, okay? Nine o'clock is like an hour before my bedtime. Yeah, that's like bedtime snacky time. Those are chicken nuggets in the air fryer after the kids go to bed. Yeah, well, you know, for such an expensive hotel, the balconies of the rooms are just side by side. Like she goes out in her balcony and it's side by side Mm -hmm. with Roy's balcony. And when she goes out there, she actually overhears Roy in his room having a conversation and he's planning to meet with someone that night. June's spidey senses are tingling and she's like, I should probably follow him. Mm -hmm. That's what I should do. I should follow this murderer, maybe spy on the run from the government dude. Roy tells June and Simon, like, hey, I need you guys to stay in the hotel. Like, don't leave the hotel. You're safe here. You can order room service. Don't leave. Simon, very meekly, he keeps saying, like, hey, like, there's something I need to tell you about the Sefer. Like, we need to talk about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And Roy's like, okay, shush, shush, shush. Roy doesn't want to hear it. And Simon, while he's being persistent, he's not being aggressive. So it doesn't seem like anything important. He's just like, hey, when you have a minute, maybe, please, if it's not too much of an inconvenience in between running from the law and other like entities, like I have something to tell you, maybe. Just a little bit. Just a little tiny thing. Roy goes off on his meeting and June follows him. 
June follows him. I was kind of annoyed with her because I'm like, the one thing he told you not to do is leave the room. Has he ever led you astray at this point, to be honest? But she follows him down these cobblestone streets and eventually he ends up in a little restaurant. And girl, did you Mm -hmm. see who he met with? It was a woman. Who was it, though? It's the love of my life. Angelina Jolie. Gal Gadot, a.k.a. Wonder Woman, a.k.a. Did I say love of my life already? Uh huh. <laughs> I'm like obsessed with her. Yes, you did. <laughs> First of all, Gal Gadot has chemistry with literally anything and everything around her. She's looking at Roy like she wants to eat him for dinner. <laughs> like It's intense. But honestly, fair. But honestly, fair. <laughs> well, Roy is meeting with Rose's future first wife, and he essentially tells her, like, hey, listen, the blonde is just some chick I picked up on the way. Everything, like, don't worry about her. She's a nobody. Then he tells the woman that he wants to sell the Zephyr. Obviously, June is out there very distraught. She is now thinking that he's the bad guy, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And as she's walking back to the hotel, all like espresso depresso, which I just want to make a side note here. This is some like Mission Impossible shit. Do you remember like the Mission Impossible movies where it was always constant plot twists where it's like the good guy would be the bad guy. The bad guy would actually be the good guy and you'd be like back and forth super confused. I've never seen any of them. Oh my God, girl. Mission Impossible is is Tom Cruise. On June's way back from spying on Roy, she gets picked up by the CIA's counter espionage. Now we know this is the agency that's been after Roy the whole time. They picked June up and they tell her like, hey, Roy used to be one of our agents and then he went rogue. June is confused because Roy had told her that his partner went rogue, but his partner is there and he's, you know, with the director of this department. So June is just like, dude, I don't know. But then she's convinced when they play her the footage from the airport and she sees that Roy, the first time he bumped into her at the airport, he snuck uh-huh. the Sephir into her luggage so that she smuggled it through security. And then the second time they bumped into each other, he retrieved it. So now she's pissed uh-huh. because now she feels used. Like you said, she's mad at this point. And I think showing her that footage is really what got her on board to uh-huh. help the sting operation. All they seem to really care about is the Sephir. So they give June a pen, little clicky pen, and they tell her, wait until you are with Roy and you are sure that Roy has the suffer with him and then click the pen and we'll come in. So she goes back to the hotel like nothing happened. Her and Roy still had a date and they actually still do have dinner together, even with her knowing what she knows. As Roy and June are having dinner, Roy ends up having to put the suffer in a bucket of ice because the suffer is getting hotter and hotter and it's like melting through the yeah. ice. They can't even keep it like in their pocket anymore like they used to because it burns. This is like a really weird vibe here because it seems like he looks at the pen and I think he knows what the pen is. I think he knows that the pen Mm -hmm. is a transmitter and he mumbles something like this hurts more than I thought it would. And then she clicks the pen. And then the CIA just straight up raids the room. They kick down doors and everything. They come from everywhere. They come from outside, Mm -hmm. from the hallway, from the ceiling. And I was just thinking like, these guys really are like little spiders. They're like hiding in corners, like going unnoticed. And then they just pop in. Yeah, no, they, it was a room with two people. And then it all of a sudden turned into a room of 45 people. Roy has disappeared. Yeah, Roy takes off. He just straight up peaced out. He's like, nope, not today. 
Tom Cruise does his favorite thing to do in movies, which is run on rooftops. Do you notice like every Tom Cruise movie, he's running on rooftops? By the way, side note, he does his own stunts. Does he really? He does his own stunts. So when you see Tom Cruise hanging off the side of an airplane, that's really him. He doesn't use a stunt double. Oh, goodness. No, I need a stunt double. I need two. (laughs) I need a stunt double just for real life. You know what I mean? Yes. Like sometimes there's something on the ground and I just feel like it's going to hurt my knees too much to like squat down and get it. (laughs) And I need a stunt double just to help me. Yeah, he's running on roofs. He's getting the fuck out of there. He is not about to stay and get arrested. Right. There's a search helicopter. There's local police. I just don't Mm -hmm. see him getting out of this, especially when you have a helicopter. Like, you're not getting away. You can't outrun a helicopter. June gets in the car with the agents, but instead of taking her to a secure location so she's safe mm-hmm. while being stabilized, <laughs> um, they just literally straight up follow the search helicopters and everybody. Like, they want the tea. Yeah, they go straight where the action is. And so June, unfortunately, has to witness Roy being cornered on a rooftop by the river And then getting shot, you know, multiple times in the chest and then falling off this roof into the water and disappearing. June takes it kind of hard. You know, she's like, oh, shit. She thought he was going to get arrested. She didn't think he was going to die. I mean, don't you feel like it was kind of out of pocket for them to assassinate him? Like he wasn't threatening anyone. It's the CIA, man. That's kind of their thing. The CIA is like the mafia of the government. Oh, my God. You're so right. Um which we are not criticizing. No, no, we, no, no, we, no. we love you no, guys. No, no. You they guys are, are great. They're amazing. They are very much needed. We, we love the mob. We love the legal mob. They do the same thing as the illegal mob, but they have badges. <laughs> you know. But like, since they're being paid by the government, it's totally okay. The illegal mob doesn't have a badge. Imagine they corner Roy and then the IRS comes in and they're like, we'll take it from here. Well, 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 Roy, you've been a bad boy, haven't you? <laughs> you have a battery you didn't report. Hey, Roy, have you ever filed taxes? You pay property tax on that island? (laughs) What about your boat or your plane? I don't think they find Roy. No, they don't find Roy, but they do take Simon into custody. Mm -hmm. June asks the head detective lady, like, hey, what about Roy? And they're like, he went down with the Zephyr. Mm -hmm. Like, we're looking for a body. June makes it home. And she makes it Mm -hmm. home in time for her sister's wedding. We see shots of her at her sister's wedding. And honestly, I'm exhausted. She has had a crazy last few days. And I can't Mm -hmm. believe she has the energy to be part of a wedding. What was she going to say? Like, hey, I was working with the CIA's anti-espionage unit for the past week. And I'm just like so fucking exhausted. I can't make it. I don't know a bride in the world that would care about any excuse at all. She's like, no, it's my day. I don't give a shit if your boyfriend just got shot by the CIA and got lost in the river. Like, You get your ass to my wedding. (laughs) Sorry, get your ass to the wedding. Yeah. As we said, Simon is with the agents now. And we have Fitz, who is Roy's ex-partner, and another agent in the car taking Simon to an undisclosed location. Fitz flat out shoots the other agent, mm-hmm. kills that motherfucker. And now we we know for a fact that Fitz was the crooked partner. Even though June is positioned to kind of go on with her life, she literally can put everything that happened behind her. I don't think she can. 
And she can't stop mm-hmm. thinking about when she was on the island, there was a moment where she had Roy's phone and she looked at it and there was an alert mm-hmm. that came up with an address on it. It was almost like Roy was keeping track of someone. June remembered the address. So she Googled it and decided to kind of pay a little visit. I don't know what June's plan is because she kind of just peeks through the window at first just to see. And it's like this older couple that lives there. Mm-hmm. June thinks that this address is a safe house. So she's assuming that if Roy survives somehow, he's going to be there Mm -hmm. at that address. These people invite June into their house. They're so sweet. They give her cookies. And she is trying to figure out, like, what is this place? She's walking through the living room and she notices pictures of a little boy, Roy, on the mantle. So these are Roy's parents. And when they notice her looking at the picture, they say their son, Matthew, died in a plane crash in Kuwait years ago. He's been keeping his parents financially stable, giving them money and keeping track of them. And they think he's dead. Right. The parents think he's dead and he's been finding ways to sneakily send them money by claiming that they won publishing clearinghouse and won the lottery and Mm -hmm. things like that. So the dad is just over it. He's like, this is such weird shit that keeps happening to us. We keep winning the lottery. We keep winning publishing clearinghouse, which like that was a thing I remember. I thought it was just one of those things that nobody actually ever won. It was just like a myth. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if this is the moment June snaps because Mm -hmm. going to Roy's house and seeing his parents and seeing how he's managed to take care of them, even though he can never see them again. That is enough to convince her that Roy is, in fact, the good guy. She gets in her car and she starts driving. And then she calls herself and she's like, this is forever who's listening to my voicemail. I have the Zephyr and I'm going to be here in 20 minutes. Come find me. The Spanish arm dealers show up and they kidnap Mm -hmm. her. However, what she's holding up is not the Zephyr. It's just a regular D battery. (laughs) Which, which like, honestly, it's so smart because how would they even know what it looks like, you know? June runs her mouth a lot during this encounter and Mm -hmm. they end up just knocking her out and shoving her ass in the cargo hole of a plane and taking her to Spain. She gets kidnapped to Spain, as you do. It's apparently really easy to take unconscious women across the ocean. Which is terrifying. Yeah, uh, I would say so. Um, June gets kidnapped to Spain. We meet Antonio, the Spanish arm dealer, and he injects June with a truth serum, which is just basically a chemical that makes you all like subjectable and giggly and stuff. So she's mm-hmm. she's giggling her butt off. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, you're so dumb. Like, I wanted to get kidnapped. Roy will come for me. And the guy's like, Roy is dead. And she's like, you're dumb. <laughs> and June also says, you know, she says, Roy is amazing. Can you believe? He he made sure that I got to my sister's wedding on time. The whole reason Roy orchestrated the meeting pretending to sell the sufferer is because he knew she would follow him, think that he was a mm-hmm. bad guy, cooperate with the CIA. He wanted her to cooperate with the CIA so she could be sent home. She's like, you're going to be sorry if you're mean to me because he's going to kill you. Yeah. Don't be mean to me. My boyfriend is crazy. So... Fitz, the dirty agent, he's there at the arms dealers with Simon. And he's like, yeah, he's essentially selling Simon to the warlords Mm -hmm. because Simon knows how to build another Zephyr. They've realized, hey, listen, 
we don't need that one because if we have the kid, we have the Zephyr. Fitz tells the arms dealer, you have to bring the money to the river. So the arms dealer and a bunch of his guys leave to the river. As June predicted, Roy is alive. He's there. We see a shot of him on a rooftop. With sunglasses and windblown hair. Hell yeah. Which, how else are you supposed to stand on a roof? I feel like someone standing on a roof would stand out like a sore thumb, but apparently people don't look up very often. I'm going to start looking at roofs to see if there's any people on it. We got to keep our eyes on roofs. We really do. So June's being led from one building to another through like this really pretty garden. And all around her, the arms dealer people are being picked off one by one because Roy is there to get his girl. Roy sees her, he grabs her, and remember, she's still drugged up on the truth serum. Uh Uh-huh. June is not understanding the severity of the situation. She's like, wait, you don't look very happy to see me. (laughs) Yes. Meanwhile, he's kind of shooting back and ducking and there's bullets flying everywhere. He's a little fucking busy, but okay. Yeah. And he fires a few more shots and then he just walks away from the gunfight, like pause. Like he timed out that shit to go kiss her. It was crazy because, I mean, Roy has always been fearless, but he's being shot at and he walks past all these bullets that are flying in his direction. He walks to her and grabs her and just starts kissing her. They escape on a motorcycle. He's facing forward. She's like straddling him. Our June is just firing away at people behind him. He gave her the gun and she used it this time. Yeah. So Roy is driving and he's following a tracking device that's going to take him to Simon. Roy and June race to the marina and on mm-hmm. the way, obviously, they kill the bad guys because that's what you do. And now, of and now you have bad agent Fitz, who is holding Simon hostage. And when Fitz sees Roy, he's not even surprised that Roy is still alive. Fitz is not pulling any punches. He's essentially just like, give me the Zephyr. Or I'm going to kill the kid. Simon is pleading with him, like, please don't give it to him. Please don't give it to him. Roy doesn't even think about it. He just tosses it over. He hands it over. Fitz does stand up to his end of the deal and shoves Simon away. As Fitz is walking away, Simon starts mumbling, I'll just make another one. I can just make another one. We're kind of confused because I didn't know, like, just making another one was, like, an option, you know? (laughs) When Fitz hears Simon talking about just making another one, he realizes that Simon can't live Mm -hmm. because if Simon can make more Zephyrs, then his Zephyr is useless. So Fitz goes to shoot Simon and Roy jumps in the way. When June catches up to Roy and Simon, she thinks Simon Mm -hmm. got shot because Simon is the one on the ground and Mm -hmm. Roy is the one kind of leaning over Simon. Simon fainted like he didn't get shot. He fainted. And meanwhile, the guy with the Uh. bullet in him is like, are you okay?" (laughs) (laughs) On the ground, Simon is telling Roy, the Sephir, I kept trying to tell you the Sephir, it's bad. It's unstable. Uh That's why I kept getting hotter. Right. And Roy is like, I know. That's why I gave it to Fitz. Of course, Roy knew. Well, Fitz isn't as smart as he thought he was. As his helicopter is taking off for his grand getaway. It explodes. But this also doesn't negate the fact that Roy still has a bullet in his side. Right. Right, 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 right. 
Roy gets sent to the hospital, the head of counter espionage of the CIA comes up to him and says, oh man, thanks so much, Roy. Like you are the good guy. We trusted the wrong man. And Mm -hmm. you know what I was thinking? What about all those other innocent agents that died pursuing Roy when they thought he was the bad guy? Because Roy killed a Mm -hmm. lot of people in this movie. They're going to slide right past that. It's all good. We're not even going to worry about that. It's fine. The anti-espionage lady is essentially telling Roy like, hey, we're glad to have you back. Tomorrow, we're going to transfer you to a secure facility for your safety. And Roy's eyes just kind of widen because he knows those are key words for we have to get rid of you. Mm -hmm. Is it Opposites Day? (laughs) It's Opposites Day. Um, Well, lucky for him. June has picked up a thing or two. Mm -hmm. She's pretending to be a nurse and she drugs him. And then she smuggles him out of the hospital as though he is a dead body. So now we get a repeat of the unconscious montage. But this time, June's doing all the action and Roy is the one that's in and out of consciousness. Right. So the first time he comes to, he's being smuggled out of the hospital as a dead body. Mm -hmm. And then he passes out again. Then he comes to and they're in the car and she's driving. And when he finally wakes up, they're on a beach. He's wearing shorts and a button up. He's like, who put me in these clothes? She goes, Roy, I can rebuild a six-speed transmission with a pair of pliers and a wrench. I think I can get you in a pair of shorts without looking. I'm not saying that's what I did. But I'm just saying that if I wanted to, I could. Can you imagine how awkward it is to dress an unconscious man with his limb dingling just kind of flopping around? And you got to like turn him over and pull it up and like see his little pale butt. What's your biggest ick? Dressing unconscious men. It just really (laughs) freaks me out. (laughs) If I could not do that, that would be great. Yeah. So June has driven him down the U.S. coast, down the Mexican coast, down the South American coast, and is getting him all the way to the southernmost tip of South America. Because apparently if you want to transport an unconscious man, you want to go through Mexico. Okay. I imagine that all of the plot holes that we've had up to this point will, Mm -hmm. you know, allow for them to be able to evade the American government mafia that is the CIA and IRS. Um, But we are to assume that they live happily ever after, despite not having any resources that I know of. Listen, if he can find clothes the way he finds clothes, I'm sure there's a raw stress for less in South America. Yeah, you know, interesting when... You think of the fact that he's a spy, he's a CIA spy, and he probably Mm -hmm. has like caches everywhere. He probably has like money and stuff kind of like hidden all Mm -hmm. over the world. Because you would you would imagine that this these like CIA agents in my brain, they are probably worried that one day they're going to be taken off the roster. (laughs) They're, They're going they're probably worried every day that they've outlived their usefulness. Right. That's a stressful life, dude. Do you think the CIA actually kills people? I mean, as documented by history books, I'm like, you know, allegedly, yes. (laughs) Okay. See, I think yes, too. But some people are like, oh, no, it's just fear mongering. No, the CIA. I want to be like, "Mm." the CIA is definitely the mafia of the U.S. But aside from not to disrespect the Italian mafia in the U.S., you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Not to disrespect the CIA either. You know, we respect you guys. We respect all Uh, of you. (laughs) Who is it going to be that finally takes us out? (laughs) 
The last thing we need is the IRS on our tail. Yeah, but I think our teapot is empty for today. Don't worry, Lori's brewing it on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.